Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmate's flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. Happy Monday to you all as we are finally past WrestleMania season, the busiest weekend of our lives. We're back to normal, and we are ready to go into draft mode as the 2023 draft is upon us. I'm Keela Cash, and by my side, as always, is my co-captain, my right hand, the sometimes advocate for the not-so-rapidly-improving Von Wagner, the wise man himself, after being WrestleMania Scott Young two days in a row last weekend. It's now time to bring back the per-the-usual the Scott Young that remained salty all the time on the free feed. Welcome back, Salty Scott Young. Thank you, Keela. It's always a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. I'm back on my Dolly Parton, you know, <laughs> back on that that nine to five. You already know what it is. Um, yeah, Salty Scott is back. If you know, I have I have no reason to be Perky Scott. No reason to be you know, pissed off, Scott, but no reason to be perky either. So you're kind of somewhere in the middle right now. I'm neutral. You know, I'm chilling. I'm grinding. We'll see how it goes as we dive into these topics this week because your emotions can range from salty to pissed to back to being optimistic, Scott Young. So we'll see how it goes throughout this episode. But I can tell you I shared your salt at various points this week. But before we dive into the week that was for WWE, which featured a major news story, which we'll get to momentarily, we got to talk about our second favorite topic. It is the NBA Western Conference standings. We're entering the final day of the NBA regular season tomorrow. By the time this show drops on Monday, the season's over. The play-in starts early next week. And right now, we got the Lakers, 42-39, and 39, on a one-game winning streak playing the Jazz today. They're basically in the playing situation. My Warriors, 43-38, and 7-3 in their last 10, two-game winning streak. If they beat Portland today, they can secure a spot in the top six officially. So we got some major games on tap today, Scott, to see if our teams can secure their spot setting into the postseason. Yeah, big games coming up. Um, you know, I, I've been happy with how the Lakers have been playing. The Clippers game... You know, you still got to play better. LeBron tried all his best. He had a horrible first half, came back and looked like a completely different person in the second half. So whatever juice, whatever uh, Space Jam magic Mike water they gave him in that locker room, it seemed to work in that second half. But, you know, we just can't seem to beat the Clippers. So besides them, I'm happy with uh, with what I've seen. I think we're 
we're as you said it before we came on air, playing ready. Um, you know, I think we're ready for that single elimination to get ourselves in there. And then uh, once you get in the playoffs, man, anything can happen, especially if you get hot at the right time. Do the Grizzlies scare you by any chance? Oh, I'm I'm a I'm a Lakers fan. Every single team that we play gonna scare me. <laughs> <laughs> Literally every team that we play is gonna scare me. But on the same thing, I think we can beat every team that we play. But yeah, Grizzlies, I I genuinely think they're one one good veteran player away. Not just like a veteran that sits the bench, but like a veteran who contributes and does his thing. They're one good veteran away from being a dominant team, I think. I think so, too. Very good team. They can play very well without John Moran out there on the court when he's out there. Of course, they're a very, very strong team. It's going to be a hard beat in the playoffs if you do play them in the first round. As for my Warriors, it's basically what we're going to do today. You beat Portland, you're in the top six. You could be a six seed playing Sacramento, which could be a very interesting and fun series. Or my preferred scenario, and because of this, this will lead to Scott being a temporary diehard Warrior supporter repping the Bay because if they creep into the top five, it'll be a four or five matchup between the Warriors and the Phoenix Suns. And Scott despises Kevin Durant. So therefore, for at least a series, he'll be repping my Golden State Warriors. Listen, <laughs> there won't you won't you won't be seeing any any uh, you know Steph Curry this, Steph Curry that, Steph Curry gonna lay you down with a baseball bat. It won't be none of that. <laughs> Okay, now you might get some loony love, you know, you might get some loony love for sure. Um, definitely not going to get no Jordan Poole love. I mean, we there's a literal video put uh, video footage of that dude getting put to sleep. And no, I'm not talking to, to CM Punk knee to the face, you know, we're talking them Draymond hands. You feel me? Um, so definitely not Jordan Poole. Kaminga, he's cool. I can root for Kaminga. Dante, I like Dante. So Yeah, so Dante, Looney, Kaminga. Yeah, that was a solid three to start with. Clay, got to stick with my mixed brother, you know? You know? Us biracials got to stick together. If you know, you know, you know? You get you get bullied on both sides, you know? But that's a whole other story. You got to rub your brother. I do respect that. You already know. I do. I do. And he does get unlimited cheddar biscuits from me. So, obviously, I'm going to root for Clay as well to show up and show out when need be. So, either matchup is going to be a lot of fun. And I'm pulling from my Warriors. I know that you're not so much unless they're playing the Phoenix Suns. But the West is wide open, incredibly competitive. And the Lakers, despite their shaky start this season, they could be a dangerous team heading into the playoffs. Oh, listen, the Warriors get hot. You know, Wiggins is coming back. They're a problem. They're a problem. Um, I'm not a big GP fan, but I can't deny what he brings to the table uh, Draymond's still a smart player, knows how to rile up the other, how to rile up his team. He knows he can get that tech early and then talk his talk pretty much the rest of the game and not worry about getting thrown out. Like that's, that's him knowing the game and knowing what he can and can't do. So little stuff like that is just how they, how they get by, how they get ahead of other teams. Exactly. They're the defending champions for a reason. They have the most experience outside of the brawn and the crew. We'll see how it goes as we dive deep into the playoffs starting this week across various networks. I'm hyped. I'm ready. Hawks in a play-in situation as well. I don't have high hopes, but at least my Warriors are in the hunt. As we segue to WWE talk, 
It is the week after WrestleMania. I think it's safe to say we was on a high on Saturday night. One of the best manias, if not the best night one of WrestleMania ever. Night two was very good. The main event in terms of the finish left a lot to be desired. We were really on this high. WWE can't do no wrong right now. Ticket sales are hot. Ratings are high. Everybody's feeling good. And even the acquisition of WWE by Endeavor to merge UFC and WWE wasn't viewed as a bad thing because the least society government did not get their hands on WWE. And then we get to Monday Night Raw. Before we get to the Raw after WrestleMania, let's talk about the Endeavor acquisition of WWE. It is going to be valued. If it clears hurdles with regulators and Wall Street, this could be a $21.4 billion company in terms of valuation to really merge two sports leagues together to leverage television deals, streaming deals, pay-per-view PLEs down the road. So, Scott, your thoughts on WWE and UFC becoming one big-ass conglomerate? I'm looking forward to Roman Reigns versus John Jones at <laughs> UFC. <laughs> for, the, for the undisputed universal <laughs> UFC heavyweight championship sir, of the world. <laughs> can't, can't wait for it to happen in the main event of WrestleMania when John Jones wins the Rumble. And puts his UFC title on the line in his undefeated streak. Oh, my God. Just for Roman. And somehow Solo Sokoa still here. <laughs> Did him with a spike. And here comes Daniel Cormier. You know, they've still got beef. So there's just all kinds of moving parts. But, yeah, really looking forward to that main event coming up. Also on that undercard. Also on that undercard. Okay. okay, we got Conor McGregor. Oh, no. Right? No. 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 I'm afraid what you're going to say next. We got, we got Conor McGregor versus Gunther. Now the, <laughs> long, now the longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time. And uh, yeah, can't, can't wait. Can't wait. Now, okay. Now, the people, our people expect us to provide journalistic coverage of this acquisition. And the first thing you come up with is the most outlandish booking scenarios <laughs> for matches or fights that could possibly happen now because these companies work together and Dana White could appear on WWE TV hyping shit. Think about that. I Listen... You know, I, John Jones, all those guys, there's going to be crossovers. You know, I, I'm, I'm absolutely, you know, pulling, you know, pulling the legs as far as what I think could happen. But there is absolutely going to be crossovers. John Jones, I fully expect him to show up one day on a SmackDown, especially on a Fox network. Like, I, this could be very good, I think, more so for UFC. If anything, I think there's going to be there could be a lot more crossover from a WWE to a UFC than maybe a UFC fan to WWE. Yeah, the synergy is going to be really strong. And then there's incentives now. The fighters can actually work for WWE. It's under one umbrella. If you want to do a one-off of WrestleMania or another big four pay-per-view, a PLE, it works perfectly crossover across television as well. 
And I think most importantly, UFC really covers a lot of high-end advertisers and sponsors. This is right into WWE's Real House. I know they made a lot of money during WrestleMania weekend in terms of advertising and sponsorship, but they can make more money because UFC is really a prestige league and WWE's at dollars in terms of 1849 is not where it needs to be for network and cable, but having UFC along for the ride can definitely give them a bit more of that prestigeness in terms of that respectability in Hollywood and New York. Imagine if they this deal would have happened when Brock Lesnar was, you know, had was wrestling, then he went away and, and went and fought uh who did he fight? John Hunt? Who 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 did he fight? John Hunt. Who did he think fight? He fought a guy named Mark Hunt, I think. Mark Hunt. It was a hunt. It was I, a hunt. I knew he, it was in the Hunt family. Okay. I just couldn't remember <laughs> if it was Mark or John. But uh when he fought one of those Hunt brothers, okay. <laughs> When he fought one of those Hunt brothers, just imagine if he did this, Vince would have put every title he had on him just so he could walk down that <laughs> UFC ramp holding all of those, all of that gold. Like, you know, there there are endless possibilities, but some of the realistic possibilities, you'll probably get a wrestler, you know, more wrestlers maybe showing up, sitting down at events. You'll get a UFC person popping in here or there backstage segment. Maybe a WrestleMania appearance match, you know, something like that. But I, I think one of the most interesting things coming out of this is not only is, uh, as he's been dubbed by uh, my JD Oliva from Fight Game Media, VKM Bison um, with the stash, but uh, <laughs> he is now overhead of Dana White, which is a very interesting twist of fate. It really is. And I guess Dana won't be hanging out with Tony Khan anymore, will he? Who's to say he's... I, actually, yeah, I guess he's not. Vince is probably, listen, man. <laughs> TK cut off, bro. <laughs> that that friendship, got that's got to be FaceTime only. Y'all, y'all can't go hang out no more. That's done. Those diss tweets he made about me while you were there last year? Nope, not at that dinner. I need you to go unlike all that. <laughs> All them likes. I saw all that. Listen, just because I don't tweet don't mean I can't read. Well, okay. It don't mean I don't have somebody who can read to me. Okay. I need you to go on like all that. Yes. Clean out your social media history. You can FaceTime TK, but you're not going to have dinner with him. He's not going to come to your events. If it happens, it must be off camera. It's about to be a big old mess, but I'm here for it. This is going to be a very interesting merger between the two when it clears hurdles by the end of this year. But I think it's going to be good for the industry as a whole. It's going to be a big adjustment, but I think it's going to be good ultimately if, you know, cuts are kind of minimized. I don't expect that in all reality because anytime you do a merger, cuts are expected to merge departments. The talent also has to think about their futures as well. So it's kind of like I'm excited, but at the same time, I'm cautiously concerned about things in terms of the business side being a little iffy in terms of cuts and bloodletting. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. Um, I I feel like it's inevitable. I feel like there's definitely that, that Thanos feeling with it coming, but um, I hope I'm wrong and I hope it doesn't happen. But, you know, with that being said, this, there's one thing I thought that uh, James McDaniel from uh, the the uh, In the Boom podcast said. He um, he said that they should. They've already got box. I mean, they've already got wrestling. They've got MMA. If they added a boxing 
you've got the whole combat sport trifecta. I mean, you've, you've got everything on lock. You know, you could start, you could literally start a promotion with one of the Paul brothers. I mean, and talk about synergy throughout the whole thing. You've got one Paul who's pretty much sponsored by UFC. You got one Paul who wrestles in WWE. And then you could have the, you could have a Paul brother who boxes, who's your face of this boxing promotion. Like there's this, this could be a massive type thing where like the, there could be a lot more synergy. I mean, especially if you do something like that, I thought that was a very interesting idea there as well. I mean, this, this is a crazy idea when you really think about it. And now that you talk about it, I think about top rank and that is a boxing league that has done very well for ESPN and who knows, maybe Endeavor could buy it up. They already have the deal with ESPN already locked down as well. So, And with all this being said as well, don't be surprised if Tony Khan goes and buys like Bellatar or something. <laughs> all right. You want to go do your MMA? I got MMA. I'm going to go get me an MMA. It is on Bellator. the block. <laughs> you know, go ahead. Bellatar. What's the P- PFL? Yeah. PFL, I mean, you know, go scoop up all that, create your own little, create not little, but create your own MMA league. I mean, you could do it if you wanted to. I'm, I'm, I'm being funny, but like that is another possibility. Like that's you, you go and scoop up a UFC, WWE, and, and you, like you said, like a top, a top rank boxing type thing. That's, and I mean, that, how do you counter that? You, you would have to come at it with at something comparable in that same type of realm with that same type of synergy. Yeah. You have to be competitive, even impact with Anthem. They have, I think Invicta as well. They have more under their umbrella besides impact wrestling. They're also trying to get into the boxing game as well. So as you suggested, Tony Khan might need to get into Bellator because I know it's on the block by CBS Viacom. They're trying to get out of that business, been around the block for a very long time, getting back to their spike TV days, but it is dying in terms of viewership and people watching on the regular. It's on CBS Sports Network, a very weak signal in terms of um, visibility. But if Tony Khan and his dad can swoop it up, hey, you got TBS, you got TNT, you got True TV, you got a few networks you can work with if they're willing to shut out the cash or they're trying to be a sports business and you think about the NBA rights fees as well. I hear NBC once back in the NBA businesses too. So there is so much in flux regarding sports and rights fees. I'm intrigued as to how this could all go down because as you suggested, Tony Khan, AEW is a nice piece of, it's a nice piece of pie, but in this game that we're in right now at WWE and UFC, you might need more than that to diversify your portfolio. And with as successful as he has been with the wrestling game and his, his hand in that, um, I mean, he definitely had the right pieces to in play as far as the wrestlers that he chose, you know, the four that he went with his core his his essentially his pillars, but he, he still played a part in that. He still made some of these decisions that led them to the success that they've had to the point where they're not going anywhere. Like they're, they're here to stay. I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that happens down the road. If this conglomerate of UFC and WWE sent, you know, works well and we start seeing some serious crossovers happening, you know, we start seeing maybe a Bobby Lashley have a UFC type fight. Like I, I'm just like if this happened a few years ago, I'm I think that's absolutely on the table. Now maybe not last is a little bit older, but like stuff like that is pop like that's the type of stuff that could really draw that crossover crowd and could be an appealing thing too with Tony Khan with an AEW still trying to grow. 
Yes. And now because you brought up Bobby Lashley, I want Raw Underground to return with UFC fighters. <laughs> Where's Dabakato? <laughs> <laughs> Where's Dalvacato? Oh, and you know Braun got to put the black gloves on, so he can get back in the fight. Dolph, Dolph, think I was all of a sudden a shooter again. Like we, we know you wrestled, dude, but you're not a shooter. Um, uh, Madcap is all. He's gonna go revert back to what was his name? R- Riddick was it yes, Riddick Moss? Riddick Moss. Riddick Moss, this dude was watching Vin Diesel too much, and he's gonna come back. So, oh, this, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Shane will be Shane instead of hosting it, he'll be sitting up there with the dancers this time. Well, right now, that's all he can do is sit. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Shane. I, I know, I know that Keela, you didn't have to say that. What's we'll you, you did not have to say that. See, you lobbed it up, right? You hit it in the air. <laughs> and I had no choice but to dunk it. No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. That wasn't a lob. I, it was it was a finger roll, and it would have went in by itself. <laughs> but you decided to catch it and windmill the, and, and turn it into a lob. That was your personal choice. That was a finger roll. You took that from me. I didn't need that assist. I wanted to get the 20 points. I have 18 points. I wanted to get the 20. You know I couldn't let you get the 20. <laughs> I couldn't resist. But he's sitting down with the dancers and that's all that matters. So I want raw underground back with UFC fighters, Dabakato and Omas still at the door guarding shit. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Have, having the Nigerian nightmare right there. That'd be pretty sweet. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> and uh, let's not forget Miz also threw some shade when he called him jumping Shane McMahon or le- leaping Shane McMahon or something like Child. that. So see Miz cold too. I didn't say all of that. I just said he was sick. No, you did. Indefinitely. No, you, did. you didn't have to say that either, though. <laughs> Everybody knew what I was implying. Everybody knew exactly what I was saying. But you just, you saw the wound and you was like, let me just stick my finger right there real quick. I am just stab right there. I'm so sorry. And I used to be a big Shane McMahon fan, too. It hurts me to shade him like this, but I have no choice. Oh, goodness. Also, the fight pit will have new meaning too. I'm all for this. That's true. Yeah, I this this could be good. This could be good. We've only really talked about the positives. There could be. There's probably going to be some negatives. Like, hopefully the the fighters like the fighters. Hopefully the wrestlers' pay doesn't mm-hmm. decrease like until like the fighters pay. Like, I mean, that's a very serious conversation. Um, uh, and you know, another thing, I, I feel like. I don't really feel like either company is really headed up by the best figureheads. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we, we joke about Vince McMahon being VK and Bison, but he is literally the closest thing to a supervillain as possible. I mean, he, he has literally everything you could possibly do to have someone thrown under and never be able to come back. Yet this dude rises from the ashes with a mustache and is now the most powerful man in combat sports. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. 
What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is insane. This is where we were a year ago. We were celebrating WrestleMania. Vince had a job still. Then the scandals came out. He was gone last summer. It was a glorious eight months, and he's back. You have Dana White, who also is not exactly the pillar of morality, and they're both running these entities together as figureheads. Essentially, we know that Ari Emanuel is running the day-to-day. He's one. He's the one running the stuff, but you got two figureheads running these two companies, and Vince has found a way back into power So as the executive of this company is able to rebuild the board and his image, but the power he wields will be limited. We'll see how much that'll take eventually, which dives into our core topic, which is Vince McMahon being back, back. I saw the CNBC interview this past Monday. We saw the just for men hair color and the twirling mustache. He is the supervillain in this story. And he was talking about, this is a great day for WWE. This is the perfect merger, the perfect marriage. And I, you know, I, I'm just in the weeds now. I'm not in the day-to-day. I'm just, you know, offering my little nuggets here and there of what we should do. I'm not in the creative process as much as I would like to be, but I'm just observing and stuff like that. But then we get to Monday Night Raw. It is the night after WrestleMania. This is supposed to be the biggest Monday Night Raw of the year. We're supposed to get surprises galore. It's supposed to be the fallout tonight's one and two of Mania. And then we get the Vince McMahon special via a whole bunch of rewrites and the show feeling incredibly disjointed. And I felt the vibe. The talent wasn't happy. I wasn't happy as a viewer. So, Scott, before we dive into the main angle for Monday Night Raw, your take on the presentation of what was supposed to be the biggest Monday Night Raw of the year. And it kind of felt like a show ran by Vince McMahon. So I thought the opening felt hot. Like I felt like certain points of it felt really important, felt like a Raw after WrestleMania. Like I thought the opening was really well done. Triple H, you know, I didn't need the rah-rah, we are NXT, except take out NXT and put in Raw, like, you know, or WWE. I didn't need that speech. But I, I like, you know, I like the the Roman thing coming out. His facials are still great. Cody, Brock, like all that. And then that set up the last angle. So I'm cool with all that, but it did just feel like raw. And I don't, I don't know if that's like, I, I just feel like it's just felt like more of a raw. And I don't know what more, I don't know what Triple H being in charge would have done to change that feeling. And I think it's more so because it was a raw after mania, you know, that, that there is kind of like that disappointment feeling because it, it didn't have that big feeling. Like we've seen the big turn after Mania. This, it, everything about this Cody Rhodes story just feels like they've taken different chapters from John Cena's story. Like Brock coming back night after Mania, Cena getting turned on night after Mania by Ryback. Like little things like that. That popular baby faces and then getting turned on by Beast. Like all this stuff that happens, it all just feels like they're taking different beats from Cena's story and just putting him in the Cody story. And Kevin Patrick was very over, just over and over again, hammering the, the, the point about 
He's got to have his, you know, he's got to fall down and get himself back up. That's got to be a part of his story. His story's not done and all this stuff. And I, so yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I didn't think it was an awful raw, but I just felt like it was just a, a regular raw. Yeah, the opening was hot. Triple H came out there touting the success of WrestleMania and then doing the Raw Raw speech. We're here together. Nothing's changing. It was changing backstage, sir. But you tried to hold it together. We're in this together. We're then now together forever. Woo! It's like he was trying to do like the Pollyanna. Everything is fine. There's no worries. It's a beautiful day in WWE. We're owned by another company right now, but we're trying to truck along. We're going to do what we got to do to remain the brand in sports entertainment. Of course, the opener was a lot of fun. And the tease tag team match of Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa looked great on paper. But in the back of my mind, you got to think about this. When was the last time Brock worked a match on TV? That was since hmm, before he left WWE the first time, nearly 20 years ago. So I knew in the back of my head and my heart, he wasn't going to compete on Monday Night Raw. I could smell the turn a mile away. It was too jovial. He was too smiley towards Cody Rhodes. The handshake was a little bit too strong. They pose a little bit too much for me. I could smell a rat a mile away. And you are absolutely right about this John Cena narrative being pushed on Cody Rhodes. Doesn't work for me because Cody Rhodes is Cody Rhodes. He's not John Cena. He's his own entity, his own person, which I think a lot of people rally behind. He is a top merchandise seller for a reason. And I know they have this idea of him trying to overcome the adversities to finish a story, but... I always say this, we go back to WrestleMania night two, we go back to his entrance, we go back to the main event. You get one shot to get this right. This isn't Bianca Belair when she reached the mountaintop back in 2021 against Sasha Banks and then loses to Becky Lynch. She, she was already there in the main event. She wins the big one. She loses, but she does make that climb back to the following WrestleMania. In the case of Cody Rhodes, you got the people loving him as much as they love him, they sing his song as loudly as possible. He gets tremendous pops. He's over as hell. You have an interest like that. You wear that outfit, which was just flying everything. You have your wife, your daughter, your sister, your mom. You got little Brody Lee out there cheering you on. The fans are clamoring for this moment. You don't give it to them. So do you not capitalize on how over he is and then instead go with this long-term story, which could be good, but it's the John Cena trope that really wears down a baby face when you're trying to get them over to the next level, especially when he has not won the big one yet versus Cena, who's won the big one multiple times over. And therefore the booking can be a bit more forgivable, even though super Cena at the time was still a problem. So, I'm coming around a little bit. <clears throat> I still think they missed the moment. I still think this is, I agree with you, this was the crescendo. Owen, Sami Zayn coming in there, hitting their finishers. Cody hitting the bionic elbow. The three crossroads in a row. I, I think that was that was the crescendo mania. I, I agree. I get that. But I do, I do think there is something to the element of Cody losing. The only problem is I, I think that's what's missing is he needed to reach that mountaintop. And I think what you brought up with Bi Bianca Belair is a great example because Bianca Belair was somebody that was on the come up that everybody was aware that was on the come up, but nobody was really kind of expecting to, maybe people were picking her to win, but nobody was expecting her to 
not only have the coming out match she had with Sasha Banks, but to close out WrestleMania, I mean, and to make history at that, like that's something I tout on the show all the time when I talk about Bianca and just how great she is. And that was the first of her three peats, you know, and I think that's a great example because she reached that mountaintop. She closed out a WrestleMania. She main evented. She beat one of the biggest names uh, in women's wrestling, proving that right now as she does her thing as Mercedes Monet, you know, I, I think, and then she loses to Becky Lynch. She, she can take that bullet a little bit more because she's gotten a little bit more armor. You know, she can. So I think I, that that's a great example um, as far as Cody goes, but I, I am turning the corner, uh, with, and I'm going to, I'm going to stay on board because they, the story has been good. I, you know, I, I, it hasn't been bad yet. Did they, did they maybe miss, miss the part where they should have ended the story? Maybe is this story, is this movie going on a little too long? Maybe, but they can still get me back in if that final act is as great as it needs to be. And I think, Cody feuding with Brock Lesnar is a great way to get him back on track. I do agree to a point that feuding with Brock is a great way to kind of get him back to where he needs to be. But the story is getting a little bit more complicated because you got the bloodline ongoing too. And that's another story that could have another finish that could be interesting as well, which we'll get to when we get to SmackDown. But, you know, I'm kind of swayed to a little bit by Brock and Cody because it's going to be a great match. And Cody is obviously going to beat Brock when it counts most. It's just I feel like WWE still missed the moment and you can't get it back. And yes, it'll be lovely that Roman Reigns will cross 1000 days as champion. That is historic. That's beautiful. But I'm thinking about in the moment at WrestleMania and the people wanting this guy to win and he didn't win and if you keep waiting and keep delaying will that pop be even bigger a bit diminished when it's all said and done that's my concern because you only get one shot to get this right it's not too late but i feel like the peak was last sunday and i don't think wwe can get it back not only that but you start getting too close to that record you might just need to go ahead and let roman go ahead and break it I mean, you get the four and five years, not saying I want them to, but if you get to that point, it's like, well, dang. <laughs> I mean, at this point, we might as well just let you hold on to it, defend that every now and then, and just like, I, it's, I, I get it. And I don't want him to get that long. It, it's getting to be about that time for him to lose it. Um, they've always wanted to make SummerSlam the big moment. Maybe they make the big moment overseas. I I wouldn't sleep on a uh, a money in the bank show. Like I, I just wouldn't sleep on that moment. The uh, the drafts coming up soon, so who knows what's going to happen with the titles there. So it's all going to be very interesting what they do. But I, I'm I'm still on board with the Cody story. Um, they haven't they haven't steered wrong yet. They haven't gotten anything wrong yet. They might have missed a shot, but they haven't they haven't lost the game yet. No, there's still time left on the clock to get this right. I'm hoping that they do so. I trust Cody. He's got a, he's got a big promo on Monday Night Raw. He's teasing his future in WWE. Don't leave your boot in the ring, son. Don't you do that. Hey, Keela, somebody said on Twitter that WWE fans about to get introduced to the Cody. Oh, God. Now, at the same time, Cody Luther King 
provided amazing Cody first moments. He was the most compelling character to me during the final run he had in AEW. I was captivated by his performances, despite how out there they were. My concern is we're going to be diving a little bit too far into that. And the fans may say, what the fuck is this? But in WWE, it might work because he can finesse it a bit better. But we'll see about it. But if he leaves a boot in the ring, Cody, I will personally take your belt and find you and proverbially whoop your ass. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, he can't do anything like that. Like, that's, that's, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Like, that, that would be the most ridiculous thing that he could possibly do. I, my guess is he's going to be like, I'm, I'm coming for the time. I'm coming back for the time. I'm challenging Brock or something like that. I don't know. Cause it, it all is kind of seeming like, yeah, I need to step away and be with my family for a while. You know, like, oh, God. All right. I, see, this is this is the range of emotions that you're talking about. <laughs> this this is the range, because now I'm just getting, like, depressed thinking about it. This dude's just going to leave a boot in the ring, and everybody's going to be like, okay, are you going to come back and get your boots, dude? Like, <laughs> are you, are you going to come back and get your boots? <laughs> Like the WWE kids in the WWE artists are like, Dad, why do he leave his boots there? Is he is somebody going to come out and wear them? Is somebody borrowing them for the next match? Oh, why do he leave his boots out there, Dad? If he takes okay, let's say this: if he wears his gear and he leaves his Highlander jacket in the ring, <laughs> this dude. <laughs> <laughs> this dude is going to come out, take off his Highlander jacket, take off, put his boots in the middle of the ring, <laughs> stand on a podium he's got there, and read the I Have a Dream speech. <laughs> That's what this man is going to do. No, man. In the middle of the I ring know. on Monday <laughs> no, Night Raw. Man. No, no. He ain't going to read I Have a Dream on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> I have a dream today. I'm just I, that I'm gonna make it to the top. I'm just letting you know. Rose I'm to the just top. Letting you know. <laughs> and it'll be for his daughter. And then Brandy's gonna Brandy's gonna tweet. That was one of the most moving and touching promos I've ever heard of my life. Tweeting from the bus. A proud wife and mother. As Cody in WWE was solve racism by reciting the I Have a Dream speech. Elias and Titus O'Neil will be... Elias and Titus is going to be the next big tag team on the block thanks to Cody Luther King. God almighty. Oh, the world peace we're about to get. I feel and That's going to be their name, Elias and Titus. Mm-mm-mm. We got to no, stop No, Titus it. and Elias. Titus and Elias. Oh, my God. We got to stop it. We got to stop this right now. We cannot manifest any of this. Let's cancel it right now. I don't want to see this on Monday. In some ways I do, so we can talk about it for real, because that would be very compelling TV. But <laughs> we got to talk about Brock Lesnar demolishing Cody Rhodes this past Monday during the main event. This man took an egregious beating for 10 minutes. F5 after F5 got put through the announce table, got slammed on the still steps, got hit with a still chair, got thrown into the barricade. He got molly by Brock Lesnar because Brock don't work for free. We've learned that lesson for the last 10 years in WWE. 
it's not what he does. He's not wrestled a match on TV since before he first left WWE. That's reality. So WWE was cock teasing the fans for three hours thinking, hey, you're going to get Brock. You're going to get Cody teaming up against Roman and Solo. And Roman and Solo was like, mm, this ain't my fight. Bye. But I will say that somebody made a very good point on social media regarding this angle because Paul Heyman, we cannot forget his past with Brock Lesnar. Could he also manufacture this as a way to deflect from his client right now in terms of Roman Reigns with his bloodline drama on the side as well? Either that or he's creating the modern day two-man power trip. Um, I mean, imagine Roman and Brock as a tag team. Who wants to wrestle those two? With Solo lurking in the corner. With with Paul Heyman's slimy hands rubbing all those titles, that's that's a that's a scary picture right there. Uh, great beatdown. Uh, I, I thought this was really good. Brock is great in these settings. Again, I, I I touched on it earlier. I think he's the perfect opponent for Cody. I feel like he'd have been the perfect opponent for Cody if he'd have won the belt. Because it's like it's always who do you go to after anyway? What's next? And after Roman Reigns, there's really not a lot. I mean. Brock is a great logical step, especially if you lose to Roman. That's a great rebound win. He can main event the uh, the the next the backlash show. He can close that out if Roman's not going to wrestle. So I, I think this is a good move for Cody. Cody's definitely got to put his work in. He, the, he cannot go. I don't. The over dramatics is not going to work with a badass like Brock Lesnar because people are just going to clamor for you to get to get welcome to Suplex City. It's coming anyway, but they're going to clamor for it. So the overdramatics are not going to work. You got to show fire against Brock. That's what gets people engaged. You got to show fire against him and you got to be fired up. But that's, I think it's a good move to have Brock versus Cody right after that, right after losing the Roman. Yeah, it's a nice bounce back. It's a way to get him back on track. Take the ass whooping now. Cut a fiery promo. Brock's motivated. I will miss Cowboy Brock, I think that period is over and dead now, unfortunately. He's got to be mean mugging, killer machine Brock Lesnar at this point, which I appreciate. And the match of Backlash presumably should be very good as Cody will find a way to conquer the beast, move on to hopefully Roman Reigns again. But as we wonder to ourselves, he's not getting a shot anytime soon. So perhaps, maybe, possibly, let's see Cody possibly, maybe, Go after the money in the bank briefcase. Well, not only would I, I think that's a good move because I, I don't, he definitely doesn't need to win the rumble again. He can win the money in the bank, money in the bank briefcase, and call a shot. You know, RVD got a lot out of winning that briefcase and calling his shot. You know, in his home arena with his home fan, like that. I think that's the way you do it. You call your shot. You let the, you let as a baby face, you, Hey, I want you here this day. No excuses. Yeah. It's in my backyard, but I'm giving you plenty of time to get ready. So I, that's, that's not a bad move. It's a good way to keep him fresh. But then again, I just, I just imagine LA Knight walking around with that briefcase. Let me talk to you while he's got the briefcase right beside him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just i want that so bad 
there are several people that I want to win this briefcase from Montez to Cody to LA Knight, as you mentioned, who is getting over, by the way. The fans really love him. As we predicted dating back to his NXT days, this guy's in a man roster. He's charismatic. He's likable. He's got great promo skills, can work. They're going to love him. And I hope that Triple H and, you know, who is listening to that and they run with it because he can be valuable on the main roster as a star and he survived the Bray Wyatt feud and that is a rarity in this day and age to survive a Bray Wyatt feud come out and still be over than you were going in yeah just ask Seth Rollins about it um (laughs) I I mean seriously like ask Seth it took him a while to get back to where he was Braun he literally had to leave the company and come back to try you know to get back to where he is so yeah I I I think you're right all that's spot on Record recovery by today's standards for LA Knight. That is good for him. And I do hope that WWE is aware of his popularity and push him, especially post-WrestleMania season as we dive into the draft later on in the spring. But let's segue to NXT, the fallout from Stand and Deliver. And I got to say, NXT was much better than Monday Night Raw. Had two really good matches featuring Nathan Fraser versus Dragon Lee. And I like Dragon Lee a lot, but I want Scott's take do you think that Nathan Fraser was a bit better than Dragon Lee in that match? Because I think he was. No shade to Dragon Lee and his awesome theme music. I, I, I think he got the show off a little more flash, but there is something about Dragon Lee, man. He's, and maybe it's the physique. I, I don't know what it is, but there is something about him where you're like, you kind of just can't take your eyes off him. And Nathan Fraser is a guy who I would say is usually that guy in the ring because he's so good and I would agree with you any other person in this match but Dragon Lee's just got something where he's moving in there I I couldn't take my eyes off him now I'm somebody who's not as familiar with him as maybe some others so that could also be part of it but I I could definitely see Nathan Frazier getting a little more flash than Dragon Lee but there's there's just something to him yeah, I do agree. But I thought that Nathan was a bit flasher in this match. I got to say, really good match, though. Better than anything on Monday Night Raw, the night after WrestleMania. Then we have another really strong match involving Wesley and Axiom for the NXT North America Championship. Two talented guys go out there, finally have a singles match for the title. Axiom falls short, but the action for the time they were given was very entertaining. And then Scott's favorite NXT wrestler showed up, Scripps. But then he got jumped by Axiom because Scripps doesn't have a sneak attack plan because he only has one way to get in the ring. And Axiom said, nope, bitch, not today. (laughs) Scripps tried to flip and got kicked. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Listen, I, (laughs) I, I, I make all these jokes about Scripps, but I like, I can't believe this dude is really, is out here getting TV time. Shout out to him. Shout out to him for getting TV time. But like, Wow. Um, While we're just talking about NXT, we don't have to talk about the match, but I thought the mob looked really good in their tag match as well. (laughs) I love how you just designate them as the mob. That's who they are. Like That's literally who they are. They are literally the mob in wrestling. 
it's true is how you say it like the mob was in action against pretty deadly and it was a very good match i love tony d stacks is growing on me as well but pretty deadly found a very clever way to win the match but yeah the mob is getting over and they could be the next tag team champions very soon i can't believe we're capping for the mob of all people but it is what it is who'd have thought we'd be out here you know champion stacks you know, and the murderer, Tony D. <laughs> Noted murderer who threw dimes over the bridge. And we ain't seen on dimes. On camera. On camera. Committed murder on camera. We haven't seen dimes or two dimes, whatever his name was. We haven't seen him in AEW lately. So he's last seen basically swimming in the water. He gone for real. He gone for real, for real. He showed up and then he disappeared again because Tony D found out where he was working. Are he working here now? Let's do this again. <laughs> Let's throw his ass over the Hudson this time. Make it a little bit more permanent. NXT took a page out of Impact's book. You know, Impact likes to kill their people when they leave the company. <laughs> they really do take that route. I, I always think about James Storm and um, his attempt on Mickey James's life that time and how the announcer said it was... Is that when he pushed her in front of the train? <laughs> yes. And then the announcer said it was borderline criminal borderline criminal it's like what is wrong with you people why can't you just say it was like yeah, attempted was, murder was, that's exactly what that on camera borderline criminal though this man clear this man pushed a, a defenseless woman not saying she can't defend herself but she was absolutely defenseless in that moment and pushed her in front of the train and it was borderline criminal yes that's board so i need to know what in their opinion is criminal murder what did he have to do <laughs> kayfabe murder what did he have to do for them to be appalled there is no limit for them unfortunately they will kill you off their show that's how they handle business you have to really commit the crime and kayfabe for it to count like randy setting the fiend on fire that we are here to that is kayfabe murder we are here talking about impact <laughs> Check out Brace for Impact with Mike and JT. Great plug. Tremendous plug for that show. We love them and we appreciate you supporting them on the Fight Game Media Network and Patreon as well. Yes, I can do the cheap plugs too, but this is all really a distraction because I have to talk about the thespian performance of one Brooks Jensen. Because, you know, apparently... He don't got a TV where he lives. Internet's a little shaky. Cell phone doesn't have YouTube. Doesn't have Hulu. Doesn't have anything on demand. So he really walked through life, Scott, for weeks. Not realizing that Kiana James had a side piece. And when he found out she was dating around the block, his reaction was one of the worst acting performances I have ever seen. I have seen better performances from Brazzers than what I saw on Tuesday. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I am absolutely over Jack Off Jensen and this entire little big town storyline they got going on. <laughs> like, I think, I think this whole thing is ridiculous. Um, at this point, I'm convinced that this dude only has in his house like a playboy that had maria canellis in it like that's the only thing i'm, I'm convinced that this guy's got i just I, 
He ain't got, like you said, he ain't got no TV. <laughs> Clearly, he has no internet. Because, and let's not also mention, like, Josh is a terrible friend. He got a phone. He got a TV. He can't just show him on the, on the TV. Or he ain't just show him a clip. Hey, I want to, can you come over real quick? I'm going to show you something. Hey, look on my phone. Look what I saw. What a terrible, what a terrible friend. The worst. Fallon's no better. Yeah, you got text message, you have phones, you have internet capabilities. You could tell him what's going on on the side. And then Kiana James like, yes, I played the field and what, but I picked you. I kissed you. And that's all that matters. And you don't trust me. Like she tried her best to finesse it. And that shit actually worked. I officially hate this storyline. This sucks. You know, I, I don't want to spend too much time with so we can move on. But let me say this. As far as Fallon Henley goes, she want that man to be broken. She want that man to be vulnerable because then she going to swoop in herself. She ain't the baby face in this whole thing. She ain't the, she the heel. She the bad guy. Are you suggesting that Fallon's trying to deflower the version? Not only is she trying, she's been throwing that thing at him for months. <laughs> she has. She has. Throwing hints. We're friends. Listen, if you want him, get him. That's all you got to do. If you want them, you can have them. I don't want them. Kiana don't want them. She wants Sebastian, among others. And I don't blame her because Chekhov Jensen has no game and apparently has no TV or reliable internet service for him not to know he's been played by her for months. But I digress. Yeah. Trash storyline. Trash. Awful. I loved it. I had high hopes. Josh Briggs should have been the other guy, but they don't want to tell that story. But he got a ring on his finger, so that might explain some things, too. Well, there you go. Okay, I'm cool with that. The wife says, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. because She of- said, you don't get to wear one of the little things on your finger. I want the <laughs> ring. <laughs> okay. Let him know immediately. Like, we're not doing that. Not at all. But let's get to the main event angle, shall we? It was the brand new champion, him, Carmelo Hayes, repping NXT as the A champion of the championships, the NXT champion alongside Trick Williams, coming out to celebrate their win at Stand and Deliver, doing mellow things in LA. And Braun Breaker comes out, and it appears to be a passing of the torch from one champion to another. As Braun says, this is your moment, this is your time, this is your era, and I respect you and your victory. And we have them having this moment. It's very nice. The fans are rocking with the Trick Williams saying, shout out and acknowledging Trick. Uh, not, not Trick, because he's Trick, but shouting out Carmelo Hayes as the A champion, asking the people to show some love and support. And then we got Braun Breaker raising Carmelo's hand. And when that happens, you know that Doom is about to go down. Clothesline in effect, beatdown commences. He takes out Trick, but the power slam takes out Melo as well. And the fans who have been very so-so towards Braun Breaker as of late decides to chant as they always do, because they're fickle one more time as we go off the air. Doesn't give the people what they want, thankfully, but the Braun Breaker heel turn is official. It's in effect. It's live. I think it's long overdue. He needs to show more layers of his personality because I think he's hit a plateau as a baby face. The fans in the PC kind of feel that as well. And I want to see him in chase mode as a heel. I want to see what he can bring on the microphone in terms of delivery and intensity and what he can do in the ring with a more of a heel edge. So for me, this adds up to what he will eventually be 
on the main roster and this toughness and this edge would actually help him be a badass baby face when need be when it's time for the call up. Yeah, I, I think the heel turn is excellent. I thought he, I think he had great facials as far as him just switching it, you know, from looking like, you know, I, I appreciate everyone. This is a big moment to, yo, I'm pissed off. But let me also say this. Braun tried to leave. Okay. Braun tried to get out the ring. He was heading out. And Carmelo Hayes, arrogant self, had to be like, you know what? Shake my hair one more time. And you got trick in the back. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Braun's <laughs> like, yo, I am sick and tired of both of you. I came out. I did the th-. Even Braun was like, you want me to shake your hand again? You want me to shake your hand again? I kind of get the heel turn. I don't even consider it a heel turn, to be honest with you, actually. I know they wanted it to be, but what? Okay. Walker, Walker, HBK, a Walker, HBK. Like, why did you have him walk out the ring and then Mello have to call him back? Cause Mello looks like the heel and Braun just looks like the baby face who's fed up with, you know, trying to having to over and over, give this dude, this love that he already gave. I don't know. I, but I, I think the heel turn is going to be great. I, that one part just kind of threw me off from the whole thing, but the spear was extra vicious. I, the way he just tossed Trick Williams around is like, you hoss. <laughs> I, I love it. I can't wait to watch him just run through people. Like him versus a Nathan Frazier, because that's a baby face I'm thinking of mm-hmm. that could like really bounce around for him. He's going to be great in this heel role, I think. So I need Nathan Fraser and Braun Breaker. I need Dragunov and Braun Breaker part two. That'll be Axiom. fabulous. Oh, yes. Oh, those would be great matchups. I'll take JD McDonough again. I take that as well. I love the possibility. I'm ready for JD and Carmelo now. Ooh. I like that too. That might be next. That might be the first after Braun gets his rematch. I dig all those possibilities. And you're right. Braun did try to leave peaceably. And then they said, come on back. Like Trick was definitely the agitator here. I still don't trust Trick long term with Melo. I think a turn is going to happen there between the two as well. But let's get to the root of the matter. Braun Breaker must have realized, hey, this bastard hit me over the head with my championship belt, and I'm supposed to be conciliatory. Please. Yeah, I, I like I said, I completely get it. He came in, gave that man his flowers, tried to leave, got called back, and you got hype man Williams in the back. You know, nah, I get it. I, I'm, and like I said, I'm with it. I think he's, I think he's really going to excel. I can't wait for him and Cora to come walking down to the ring and cut a nice family promo. Oh, now you're on the Cora train now, just to see them <laughs> together as the two, as the power couple power trip. You know, I was already, you know, Cora was already getting cheddar biscuits from me when she was walking around with that. Uh, kendo with, stick. With, yeah, yeah, with the black kendo stick. So, you you know, but, you know, I'm going to be very careful about, the, you know, how many I get because I don't want Braun to get too upset if I give her too many. Yeah, he would jump. Especially you. now that he's a bad guy. He would jump you immediately. Okay. He'll put you in a sign of recliner and I'll say, go Braun, go. <laughs> oh, get <my>. him. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> well, that's what you get now. Trying to give her, well, um, the, trying to give her unlimited supply of biscuits. Well, this is the only Steiner I'm rooting for nowadays, anyway. So, because you know, dad ain't, dad <laughs> you know ain't shit. Hate to say it, Already. dad ain't shit lately. I'm just saying. I read the story, was not happy about it at all. 
Like, mm-mm, he cannot come to any more events for WWE. Keep your ass at home. But we still got love for Braun. And I'm all for Cora Jade and Braun Breaker being a couple on screen as well. I would love to see how they play off each other on the mic if that does come to pass. Because I do love couple things when they're together in real life. Bringing that heel heat together on TV. I, I mean, I... <laughs> I don't know about Cora. Like, I think Cora will be fine, but actually, I don't know because Cora, Cora's hair decisions haven't been the best here lately <laughs> oh either. Gosh. But that's a whole, that's a whole <laughs> other subject, whole another conversation, whole another conversation. Who am I? Who am I to be talking about hair, right? Who am I? But again, whole another conversation. But I think Braun is just, I think he's going to excel as a heel. Me too. And you're coming for her highlights, choices. <laughs> You can, if that's what we go call them, because I don't know what they highlighting. Ooh, so I feel that in I'm my just, soul. I'm sorry, girl. <laughs> Scott, like your hair. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, so we have to work on that when she comes back on Tuesday. Obviously, got to work on the hair, Cora. Love you, girl. Just, just, just put, just get the hat back. <laughs> Get the snap back. Just, 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 just put the snap back back on. I am dying. You coming for her hair like that? Well, at least it wasn't in braids, you know. Conrose. Okay, okay, Keila. Am I wrong? Listen, I saw the hair. All I thought to myself, wow, she looks great in leather. I thought that. I skipped the hair. She did. She did. The hair she was a great. choice. I'm not gonna lie. The hair, the hair was a decision. A bad that, decision. That was a decision. That was not a choice <laughs> because because that was a I'm gonna do this. That was not like I got options. That was a I'm doing this. I, we pass on that. We gonna part pass, and hopefully she'll come back with her snap back, and then she'll be back to her regular hair. Lord willing. Mm. We pray, we pray on Tuesday. We'll be back here next week talking about it. The Cora Jade Hair Report right here on The Wrap. You're still good with me, Cora, though. I'm still a fan. <laughs> I'm still I'm still here, though. You know? I'm still here. I love that. It's random as hell, but I love that for you. As we segue to Friday Night Smackdown on Fox going down live from Portland, Oregon, the Motor Center. Ironically, where the Warriors are playing. The Trailblazers later today. They must win in order to avoid the playing situation, Lord willing. And this was, I have to say, a Triple H production. The old man was mostly at home, thank God, because Monday Night Raw was a wreck. This show felt like the Triple H of old, of a show that made sense. It was not riddled with last-minute changes. It felt as if this was a clear direction for what he wants to do post-WrestleMania season. Thank God for that. You know, uh, how crazy would it be you know, Vince McMahon wants to run some stuff, wants to be in control, and nobody wants it, but who's going to stop it, right? What if Vince is like, hey, listen, give me three hours, give me Raw, you run SmackDown, you know? I, I, maybe if I, need, if I feel like if I see some slippage, I'll come and change things, but you run SmackDown and I'll run Raw. I mean, that's, that's essentially what happened. He ran Raw, and he essentially let Triple H run SmackDown. The draft is all of a sudden coming up. The draft only works when the rosters are completely separate, when the storylines don't intersect, you know, when 
the SmackDown stuff is completely separate. That's a completely different world. So then when they do cross over, when that multiverse does happen, it means something. I think that, I think that if that's, if that's the best that we can do instead of Vince running both shows, let that man have his three hours, let, let him do what he wants with his three hours and let Chips run this two-hour tight ship that he's got. Instead of him having to fill three hours with some unnecessarily long matches, he can run a nice tight ship with this two-hour show. So me personally, instead of Vince being back running both shows, I hope this is what's really happening. Look at you playing devil's advocate. Look at you saying, hey, Vince, you can have this three hours, man. You can do whatever you want to do. Blow off your steam once a week for three hours. But SmackDown is mine. Leave it alone. Essentially. It will pain me to go back to the way things were with Monday Night Raw. Because I really enjoyed the show for the last few months. But if I have to bite the bullet and take the sacrifice... I'll take it. But I still need some Triple H touches on Monday. I cannot have a full-on Vince McMahon production. That would make me sick. And, like, little things uh, that you, you know, little things that you kind of, or at least that I notice, um, you know, Street Profits versus Sammy and KO. Why? Mm -hmm. Why? That is a legit pay-per-view worthy match or at the least like a that's a match you can close raw with like multiple segments you hype it up for a couple weeks have some singles matches you could really have some fun with that feud why that's that's what the alpha academy is for and like that's no shade to the alpha academy but that's the role that they're in right now that's what they're for Bring Ziggler and Rude back. Who cares if they lose when they come back? Like, I, I, it's just why? Why would you do that? It, it, that that matchup doesn't make any sense because now when it, if you do go back to it, which they probably will, it doesn't mean anything. They've already been beat. So, Omos winning that match. Omos didn't need to come back and and show up on Raw after Man. I get it. You want to give him a big win, but why? Bobby Lashley, why couldn't he just have a backstage segment and you give Bronson Reed that squash over Mustafa Ali? Mm-hmm. Then he goes and cuts that promo with Lashley. I, what? It just feels like the stuff feels back to being backwards instead of it making sense like it was doing with Triple H. And that those are just some of the differences that I noticed just between the two shows. Or Seth coming out and just being serenaded and not saying a word. Come on, man. Exactly, Keela. Like, wh- what? You cut to a break of this man sing, of them singing, and you come back and he's just in the ring with his arms out? What? What is this? It, what is this? Like, in the show, again, the show wasn't bad, but you just, you notice all these things and it's like, oh, no. Like, what is going on? I yeah, I, I you, you, there's definitely a noticeable difference between the two. SmackDown was really good. It was really good. See the difference between like 
Raw was a, Raw was fine. SmackDown was really good, I thought. Yes, it was like two parallel universes, infinite universes broken off. Raw was a hot-ass mess. SmackDown was a competent WWE program that we all know and love most weeks. And it was much better. It was tighter. It was a nice refocus of things post-WrestleMania season. We're building things up beautifully. For Backlash, we got inner stories being told in the bloodline still with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. There's twists and turns to be had. But I want to talk about one Sheamus, who had a pretty fun standout match alongside the Brawling Brutes, Butch and Butch and Rich Holland versus Imperium's Gunther, the IC champion, alongside Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. Really fun six-man tag team match. Anytime the Sheamus was in there, he was beloved. He took it to Gunther at various points with the clubbering forearms to the chest, the back and forth forearm and punch battle but then eventually Sheamus is going to come through by delivering a knee strike to Vinci followed by a bro kick for the one two three and all I could think about is Wrestlemania last Sunday and my five stars my five tears came true in both ways Dave gave it five we gave it five here on this show and the fans wanted Sheamus to win the only championship that has eluded him his entire career, the Intercontinental Championship. I wanted it for him at Clash at the Castle, wanted it for him at SmackDown late last year. I still want this guy to win the one championship that has eluded him his entire career. The fans wanted, I wanted, do you want it at some point, Scott, for Sheamus to finally win that IC title? I do, but do I want it anytime soon? Nah, I don't. I, I I don't want Gunther to lose. Like we're in kind of a a special era right now for WWE, where we have these long-standing dominant champions. Like Bianca Belair is on going on a year. Gunther is going on three hundred or his past three hundred days. We already know what Roman Reigns is on. Um, the Usos just ended a historic you know two-year reign. So like. I I don't like I I love this reign that Gunther's on, and I feel like he's really building momentum, and I do feel like that means Sheamus kind of needs to be away from Gunther, and I I worry about that because I don't want Sheamus to take another L to Gunther because losing three times to somebody and then beating him doesn't quite have that same thing. So I, I I'm hoping that they they find a way to move Sheamus kind of away from him, find some something for him to do in the meantime. Because if Gunther's not going for a world title after he loses to Sheamus, I don't want it. Like I don't I don't want Gunther not near. Like I like Gunther being the main event of SmackDown while Roman's gone. Gunther's the guy. Gunther they build matches to Gunther on SmackDown. They built up some nice matches with Gunther, uh, Ricochet, Ray, Braun, even even Madcap. They built to like all those matches were built to were built around trying to dethrone Gunther. I love that, and I I don't want that to end anytime soon. I agree, and the best way to fix this is get them away from each other for now. Because as you said, I do not want Seamus eating one more loss to Gunther because it will water down whenever it finally happens. The third time must be the charm. Hold back on it for as long as you can, but also give Seamus something meaningful to do. The draft should definitely help in that regard. Maybe some NXT call-ups, maybe some NXT UK talent can give Seamus an extra run for his money as well. Because give me Dragunov versus Seamus, for God's sake. That would be amazing. I listen, you know, I'm all for it. 
but I don't know if Dragunov's white chest is going to be ready for for the purple that that thing. We all saw what Cody Rose, you know, what his peck looked like. That's what Dragunov's chest is going to look like when Sheamus gets through with with his thirtieth beat of the Balor. You know, so like. I, I'm with you. I think the match would be great. Uh, the physical. Sheamus might need. I would not be opposed to Sheamus, Pete Dunn, and 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 Ridge taking a nice trip down to NXT for a little bit, having a cup of coffee down there. And shout out to Ridge, man. I I like Ridge Holland. I I am slowly becoming more of a fan of his. I think he's he improves. He looks better in the ring every time I see him. I think I. I I'm becoming a fan of his. I like I like what they've done with him in that group. I've warmed up to him too because I think they learned a key lesson after the Biggie injury last year. Play to what he's good at. Don't let him do things he can't do. If he's good at power spots, let him do that. And that allows him to get better, gain confidence, and trust his instincts a whole lot more because that was something he went through last year, which was incredibly difficult. He went through some death death threats recently on social media, which is not cool whatsoever i don't you know harbor any ill will towards him i felt how i felt last year and rightfully so in the moment but i can also say and recognize he's gotten a whole lot better as a worker and he is a lot more charismatic in the ring too he hits his spots really well and he fits really nicely with sheamus and butch as well and i do want him to succeed and when you're working with seasoned vets like sheamus and pete dunn you are going to get better. If not, it's a choice, but you can see the growth and you can see he's more comfortable in the ring and growing week to week, which I like to see as well. Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, and, you know, I say all that about Gunther and I, I, I not, and it doesn't mean I don't want Seamus to win. I just, and he does need to beat Gunther. I just, I don't see how you do it anytime soon unless, you know, Gunther is, is your plan to be the next world champion on whatever brand Roman's not on, which I'm assuming is probably going to be raw. Like if that's the plan, cool. Have Seamus beat Gunther at backlash in front of that rabbit crowd, which it probably will be like, I'm cool with that. But if that is not the plan and you do not have plans of making Gunther a main event player, world title challenger regularly or champion, there's no reason to take the belt off him and in this reign. Absolutely. That must be the one rule in line. If you're not getting in that push for the world championship, if you're not going to break those belts up, have one on Raw, one on SmackDown before Roman is 1,000 win or 1,000 days, we should most likely will then keep the title on Gunther for as long as possible. Let him reach a year as champion and then make sure when it's time for Sheamus to beat him, it would count most. But it's got to come with the fact that Gunther's taking that next level to being in the World Heavyweight Championship picture, which he needs to be between now and next year as well. And now we got to get into noted heat magnet, Dominic Mysterio. Now we had this conversation trying to, you know, kind of compare the two when it comes to Austin Theory and his victory against John Cena at WrestleMania and the heat he kind of got on Monday. Let's compare this to Dominic Mysterio and the heat he got in Portland, Oregon. This guy gets on the mic and he can hardly complete his sentence because the fans are drowning him out 
via booze. He is getting that nuclear heat that very few can garner in this business today. And we got Finn Balor cracking up because he's like, damn, dude, they really hate you. Embrace it. And Dominic is such a great heel. His growth in this role as a part of Judgment Day has been incredible. And when he starts going heel in Spanish, it's an, it's an added bonus. And he's basically healing on his family, telling his sister, his mom, and his dad they could all go to hell after WrestleMania. They're dead to him. Judgment Day's his family. And it's not over between Ray and Dom and Judgment Day. The LWO is here. The Latino World Order is alive and well in WWE in 2023. I'm kind of hyped for it. But I keep thinking about all these losses that Santos Escobar is eating in the ring. And I do believe if the WWE draft is going down imminently, Dare I suggest that Dominic Mysterio will join the LWO at one point? Oh, boy. Man. If he joins, he's got to run it. Yes. If he joins, he's got to be in charge of the LWO. Um, I might not be a bad idea, um, especially if he's going to be split from... You know that's an interesting take. If if he gets drafted to a SmackDown and or and Judgment Day gets drafted to Raw, well, actually it'd probably be the other way around. They would probably stay on SmackDown with Rhea. He would get drafted to Raw. That would be interesting. I I think that's I, I like that idea. I think that's an interesting take. Uh, Dominic kind of being on his own, but then finding his goons. Would they turn on Ray? Does does is it him versus Santos for control of the LWO? Because then I agree with you. He's eating a bunch of losses. Is he? Is this leading to him just being frustrated and blaming Rey Mysterio for getting involved? And this is your fault. This is your family's fault, and all this stuff. So Dominic Mysterio, man, people can say what they want about him, but this dude gets more heat than literally anybody else in the game right now on the biggest stages and arenas. This man is getting serious heat serious heat um and and i thought he had a pretty good showing in the ring as well so uh this would be good his match with uh bad bunny and ray mysterio which is like a setting up should be pretty good i'm looking forward to that i think bad bunny's gonna put on a show again this this should be fun i i I'm look i look forward to what dominic mysterio has to come this year and again i i think i said it a couple weeks ago but i want to make sure i say it again I would not be surprised if Dominic Mysterio ends up with some type of gold at some point this year. Would not surprise me. And I'm an Aussie ballsy and say, also in contention for Mr. Money in the Bank, one Dominic Mysterio. Oh, I don't know if he's ready for that. That's a that's a big... I don't even know if he's ready to be in the ladder match. <laughs> <laughs> you you talking about this man winning the money in the bank? I don't even I don't even know if he's ready to be in the ladder match. Now he can do the bare minimum. He ain't gotta do a whole lot. He can do a Michinuku driver. He can do a a six one nine. He can do a crossbody, a sunset flip power bomb. He can do a dive, and that's it. And climb a ladder. He gotta take it. He gotta take a big bump through the ladder. He keep he'll, he'll be all right. He'll bounce right up. All right. All right. Hey, listen, I, cause man, imagine that dude sitting on top of the ladder, holding that money in the brain, money in the bank briefcase. The Holy heat. crap. The heat. Good heat at that. 
Cody wins the Rumble and Dominic Mysterio cashes in the money in the bank contract on Cody Rhodes. It writes itself. It really does. Oh my God. That would be the worst possible thing to ever happen. It would. And they would do, and they would do it. If Vince is in charge, it would absolutely happen. Triple H, less likely. Oh, man. Money in the bank is going to be a lot of fun this year. No lie. A lot of things could go down. A lot of contenders that really intrigue me. Dom, in particular, because the heat alone is going to be nuclear at the O2 in London. I just can't wait if that happens. And now we got to talk about the closing angle from Friday Night Smackdown on Fox. So here's the deal. The bloodline is crumbling. We have the Usos on the outside looking in as former undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions. Roman Reigns has kept the Usos at a distance since WrestleMania. They're not in the meetings anymore. They're not in the locker room. They're told to go on the jet, eat your prawns and seafood, and you just you just sip on the finest drinks and you just relax and you chill. You wait for us to return to the jet so we can take off. You enjoy your prawns. You enjoy your shrimp and your lobster. And Solo is well within the fold now of Roman Reigns. He is now, in some ways, the new right-hand guy, the new right-hand man. And Paul Heyman is trying to, 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 to finesse this to the very best of his ability. So he tells Jay on SmackDown, Jimmy's not here. He was advised by Roman Reigns to, for, to stay at home so you, so you can handle Sami Zayn all by yourself. You got this. You alone can solve the Sami Zayn problem. Main event, Jay Uso. So Jay takes the order. And then when he leaves the scene, Paul Hammond tells Solo, if he doesn't get this done tonight, then it's on you to solve these problems for us. Problems in plural. Wonder what that could mean. So Sami Zayn is having this conversation backstage with Kevin Owens, saying that despite everything he's been through with Jay, he still feels as if there's some unfinished business, that there's things that need to be resolved between the two because the bloodline's falling apart. And despite everything they've gone through in terms of betrayal and angst and anguish, he wants Jay to find a way out of the bloodline. Maybe he can talk some sense into Jay Uso. And Kale's like, no, this isn't going to work. He's not going to listen to you. It's very volatile right now. But Sammy says, let me try anyway. He approaches Jay Uso backstage prior to the main event match and he's basically saying this i understand you know we're not on the best of terms right now but i want you to find a way out like i did the bloodline's crumbling i said what i said i was going to take those titles from you and jimmy we did sword wrestlemania and now you're by yourselves roman doesn't acknowledge you anymore but you still have a chance to lead the bloodline so jay's listening not really responding to any of this but as this is happening, Solo attacks Kevin Owens backstage, slams a trunk on his foot and leg area, and he's kind of immobile for the rest of the night. Jay looks on, comments on none of this, and they proceed to have their match, which is very good. Very fun match back and forth action. Solo's at ringside watching, of course. We have Sammy delivering a blue thunder bomb to Jay Uso for a very close near fall. Has Jay in position for the Huluva kick. Jay ducks, and then we have... Solo lands the Samoan spike on on Sammy behind the referee's back, and Jay lands a drop kick for the win 
on Sami Zayn. And then Solo attacks Sami, beats him down with some ground and pound, goes with a Samoan spike once again. Jay stops him. The fans cheer because he has been very standoffish during the beatdown. So instead of saving Sami and what the fans want to see in that moment, he attacks Sami. They are on the beatdown together. And then we have Matt Riddle come out to make the save. Because if we remember, Solo took him out with a Samoan spike in a chair attack months ago on Monday Night Raw to write him out of storylines for a bit. He's back now, winning his pound of flesh on Solo as well. So at least Sammy did have some help to wrap up SmackDown this past Friday. But there is a lot of moving parts here with this Bloodline storyline. Jay making a decision eventually. Solo being the right-hand man indirectly. Jimmy MIA, Roman and Paul Hammond plotting as well. But I'm very intrigued by this Jay Uso situation because now I'm thinking to myself, could it be Jay that could be the one to take down the bloodline? And maybe if Triple H is trying to tell the story, could he be the one to dethrone Roman when it's all said and done? Well, that's that was my first thought, you know, especially after the ending at WrestleMania is that Jay Uso's got it. I mean, he's the next guy I would, he's the guy I would want most to, to win it. Because that's the that's the full that, that's a full circle culmination of the story, and you want to talk about elevating somebody to a real main event player, Jay Uso. Cody's Cody is still going to be main event whether people want to acknowledge that or not. Um, but Jay Uso beating Roman Reigns for the title that's that's a big deal. That's a big win for Jay. I'd love it, especially if they could if they could somehow do it at the three year mark you know, or however long it's probably been four years, going on four years at this point. But I think that would be, that would be something very interesting to see. This whole story and dynamic is interesting because Jay, Jay holds out, then he gives in. And it's like, is he attacking him to protect him from solo? Because his beatdowns aren't nearly as vicious as solos are, you know? So it's, but then again, it's like, or is he playing Sammy and all this? And then you got Riddle. If I'm Cody Rhodes, I'm like, yo, my mans, you couldn't have come out at WrestleMania and helped me out? You you weren't at that show? And then if I'm Sammy, I'm like, you saw Kevin Owens get beat down. You want to wait until after the match and after I start getting beat up to come out and help me? Come on, bro. But, you know, that's me just being nitpicking. But Riddle's back. That's that's cool. I'm Is he going to come back just to take a, take a L to Solo? Because Solo doesn't need to lose the Riddle, you know? But uh, yeah, I'm interested in the bloodline dynamic. What's going to happen? Uh, so uh, the Sammy and, and KO. I hope it's not an immediate rematch with the Usos. I think that's something you can kind of build to. That's a big time. That's a big time rematch, especially with those two. If you keep them apart and keep them separate, keep them special. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to what comes next. Me too. So I guess we're not going to get our dream six man tag team match of Cody and Sammy and KO versus the bloodline anytime soon. I'm sad now. Nah, I don't think <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think we're ever getting that. Oh. It would have been amazing, but we ain't getting it. The ship has passed. But I will say this. I will take a Brock, Roman, and Solo versus Cody, Sammy, and KO. Ooh. Ooh. A new dangerous alliance, you're saying? Yes. Oh, my God. That's that's that's, that's bigger than a dangerous alliance. That's a... <laughs> that's a ton of problems. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a lot to, to market. 
a ton of problems. <laughs> that's a ton of problems. It is a ton that's of a, problems. A, a, that's an ATP right there. <laughs> oh, okay. You saved it just now. You just saved it with an acronym. That's ATP. That's a ton of problems. <laughs> that is genius. You need to run that up to WWE Marketing. Put that on a t-shirt. ATP. If I see somebody in WWE with an ATP shirt, <laughs> I need to be getting a phone call. Yes. I need to be getting some type of royalty check or at the least send me a shirt. Yes. Autographed, by the way. Thank you. And Whoever's framed. wearing it. Whoever's wearing it. I need it autographed, framed, and I need tickets. <laughs> WrestleMania tickets. Could... WrestleMania tickets. <laughs> okay. That... I, Listen, I, I don't even know if the person who's doing it is going to sell that many to even afford their own WrestleMania tickets. Wow. So okay. let, me just, let me just get a house show. No, we can aim a little higher. Can I get a Raw? Yeah, you can go to the, to the, what, the, the, the Scope Arena. You can go there. No, nah, I, I ain't trying to. You got to remember, I'm over here in the, in the VA. I'm over here at VA, so they don't really come around this way too often. Well. Next time they come to Norfolk. Okay. We can make it work. Yeah. Aim for a Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. Come on. Let's not aim for a house show. Aim for the big oh. show. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I've already taken my uh, my tribal chief to a house show. So I think it'll be time to take him to a real show. Yes. Aim high. But ATP, you saved that magnificently. Very savvy of you, sir. Very savvy indeed. I try. You more than try. You actually succeeded. And I'm proud of you. That's the only compliment you're getting out of me today. But I'm proud of you. But it's now time for us to pick the best damn television match of the week across Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, NXT, maybe NXT Level Up, maybe Main Event. Take it off fancy this week. But Scott, your pick for the best match you saw from WWE this week. This is going to sound crazy. Like, Technically, the best match was probably Nathan Frazier versus Dragon Lee. But the match I had the most fun watching was probably that six-man, the Brawling Brutes versus Imperium. I I just, I like the Brawling Brutes as a unit. I really enjoy them. And Gunther is slowly becoming one of my favorite wrestlers to watch. And I know everybody's like, well, he should have already been. Well, he wasn't. But now he's slowly, be- <laughs> as Booker T would say, he's becoming one of my fave fives. Oh, God. He's, He's in the fave five. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> He's in my fave five. All right. Uh, but yeah, I, so I'm going to go with the six man. Brawling Bruce versus Imperium. First of all, it's spooky that you kind of sound like Booker in that moment. Saying he's in your fave five. Okay. <laughs> That's creepy. A little too on for me. A little too dead on accurate regarding your fave five. Um, Gunther's always been at the top for me. as one of my favorite performers in the world today. Um, also unlimited cheddar biscuits for him as well, right beside Ludwig and, and company. So so essentially everybody <laughs> in it, so Ludwig and Gunther, and you just got Giovanni over there, two boots down by himself having a salad. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I heard. Now, to be fair. I'll slide him three biscuits. Here we go. He'll get three biscuits. Just for being a part of the team. Yes. But Ludwig and Gunther's right here. They're at the table eating with me all day. Let me tell you something. If I'm Giovanni and you come and tell me, hey, 
Thanks for being a part of the team. And you slide me three biscuits. I'm going to flick two of them right back at you. Okay. I'm going to flick two of them right back at you. And I'm going to put the other one in your drink. You know, oh, at least I invited him to the table. Nah, man. I don't, I don't need your pity biscuits. <laughs> don't nobody want your pity biscuits. You going to come, you go come give me some biscuits because I'm on the team. Everybody with your pity biscuits. <laughs> Listen, I am sorry, but Ludwig and Gunther, there's levels to this. I'm sorry. Oh, no question. Listen, I'm not saying you're wrong for doing it. I'm just acknowledging what you're doing. Now, to be fair, if Giovanni wrestles out of his mind one week, he will get the basket. <laughs> I do love him as a wrestler when he goes completely ham. This man, this man got to work and put on twenty four minute classics, <laughs> basically <laughs> shit to get to get some yes, cheddar biscuits. Yes, Ludwig and Gunther just got to walk out on the on the stage and and do their little hand pose. <laughs> That's enough for me. I'm just saying. <laughs> What's your match of the week? <laughs> <laughs> Ludwig versus Giovanni in a pose off, <laughs> and Ludwig will win. <laughs> automatically I'm sorry Giovanni but you gotta put in like a 20 minute match on me you get the bis- you get the biscuits in the basket from me but I do have to agree despite my slander towards Giovanni I don't mean it I really don't but I'm also picking the brawling brutes in Imperium as my match of the week it had the most heat for me Sheamus was incredibly over I was very entertained by this match and Giovanni had a great showing but I need my dude to go out there good 20 minutes and deliver. I know we can. I've seen him do it before. So I'm just having a little bit of higher expectations for Giovanni. Because like you said, Ludwig and Gunther just got to stand there looking good. And they get biscuits. I'm sorry. There was more shade in those comments. And he got shadow in his beard. <laughs> Listen, um, <laughs> you know, you came at that man. And that's cool. <laughs> you know, that's what I guess that's what we're doing. But I like how you waited until the end of the show. when We about to sign off and you want to get that man parting shots. It's not <laughs> my intention, Giovanni. I'm sorry. I am. Forgive me. We, are, we about to go off the air and you handed out parting shots. Oh, by the way, strays. Pew, pew. <laughs> now you can't talk, Mr. Cora Jade's hair was a choice this week. Oh, don't get it. Oh, mine come early. Mm. So, you know, hey, listen, here I am. Bang, bang. <laughs> here we go. Coming for her highlights and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, Cora's Cora sitting right over there unless she got her kendo stick. So. Now, see, look at you having caveats, too. Unless she has a, unless she has a kendo stick. So, she if she don't put got on it, no classic. No, but you said she got to have a kendo stick. If she don't, she's off the table, basically. Yeah, she can go sit with Braun. See? Bullshit. Ron at your table, so look, she good. I, she said, oh, I can't sit at your table anymore? I'll go sit with my man. I didn't tell you she sit over there. She sit in, in the kitchen. <laughs> okay. I got live at the table. I'm sorry. I ain't mad at that. Just saying. You know. And she got a baseball bat, so I know you really gonna have her at the table, too. So. Bad boy beat you down with a baseball bat. <laughs> This show has gone off the rails very, very quickly. But I love it. That's what we do here on The Wrap. As I accidentally shade Giovanni Vinci, who I love, by the way, but still, 
I need my 20 minutes. And then you get your biscuits. Very simple transaction. But with that, it's not time to put a wrap on this week's episode of The Wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. I want to thank my co-conspirator, my co-captain, Salty Scott Young, for joining me today to discuss all things WWE and his brilliant journalistic analysis of all of the fantasy matches and fights we won't be getting from the WWE UFC merger. Thank you, Keela. As always, it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. I'm looking forward to our tribal chief becoming the undisputed WWE Universal UFC heavyweight champion Sir. of the world. Sir. I can't wait for it to happen while Conor McGregor becomes the intercontinental flyweight champion <laughs> oh of the God. world. <laughs> I I just think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Um, can't wait till next week. Dude, the fact that you merged these damn belts together and made it sound plausible sickens me. This agenda will be a weekly thing on this show. You're trying to combine divisions, championships, the mergers merging in many, many ways, and I love it. So I thank you as always for providing the funny to make light of this merger because we need it right now to avoid that old mustache bastard being back on the job. I gotta go, I gotta go listen to more in the clinch. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go catch up on my MMA. <laughs> Do some research. Cheap plug, by the way, check out our peeps on the Fight Game Media Network, Carl and Grandpa Des. A lot of plugs tonight. Got a shout out to fam. Absolutely. Shows drop every single day. Gigi's got a bonus show dropping. Fight Game Media, Fight Game Media Extra coming to you very soon. Give you some bonus content every single week via the feed. So check out all the shows in the clinch. We got Pound for Pound. We got our show. We got the boom. We got Brace for Impact. All the fun goodies and take it home with John LaRocca. So all the goodies right here on the Fight Game Media Network. We'll be back next week recapping the week that was for WWE. A better week, we hope, than what we got via the night after WrestleMania, but a much better SmackDown and a better than usual NXT as well. But for myself and for Salty Scott Young, that is a wrap for WWE this week. Take care. Bye-bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.